five, four, three, two, one. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Five Tool Podcast with Seamus and the Butcher. Today's April 11th, and today Seamus is actually off. He is out in, um, I believe he said Arkansas, the Arkansas-Missouri border. We were having technical difficulties. We tried recording a podcast for you earlier, a full a full version of the podcast. And we, we've been running into a lot of technical difficulties. There's been snowstorms across, across the Midwest, as we know, as we've experienced here in Wisconsin, and... And we're still we're still working on a lot of difficulties here at our end in terms of recording remotely, which is something we're going to have to necessarily do on a regular basis. Being that uh, Seamus, he he is actually a radio flyer wagon test driver. He uh, test drives those little red wagons like your grandma had when you were a kid, and you get used to riding. And your grandma used to pull you around to the farmers market, or she used to pull you out back and leave you in the in the kennel with the dogs like mine did. Anyways, so it's going to be a quicker podcast than usual. We're going to pull a Rob Manfred and try to speed up the game. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of the, the series with the Angels and a look ahead at the weekend with the Dodgers out on the West Coast. So the Brewers, of course, got swept last night. Three games to none against the Angels. Mike Trout was not playing last night. The Bats didn't really beat us up as bad as they did in the first two games of the series, but even with um, without Mike Trout, they were able to score more runs than us. It was a 4-2 game. We did out-hit them 7-5, and we didn't come any errors. Um, that puts the Brewers atop. We're still atop the NL Central, 8-5 over the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are 6-4. Woody had a pretty damn good game last night overall, I got to say. Six innings, pick, six innings pitched, four hits, four in runs. And he had seven strikeouts. He actually came, he left the game with the same ERA that he came in with at six. It, overall, it was a great start. Five of those six innings pitched, scoreless, hitless. He was fairly dominant throughout the game. And that's kind of, it's it's kind of sends back to the other two starts that he's had this year. He, he's gotten beat up one or two innings out of each of those games. And then, and then the rest, he's pretty dominant. So it's, it's, he's really showing signs of life. He's really showing signs that he can be in control when he's on the mound. You just got to do it throughout the entire start, and 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 I would take a start like this from Brandon Woodruff throughout the season any day. I'm confident that we can score more than four runs any game, and if he can give us four less than six innings and keep and keep the bullpen kind of at bay, that's more than you can ask for out of a young pitcher who doesn't have a lot of a lot of experience starting in the big leagues. On the bullpen, pretty solid, and 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 it also helped, like I said, the fact that uh, that Woodruff did did pitch so late because we only had to see two innings out of the bullpen because we did lose so we didn't have to get that third out of them and Garrett pitched an inning with two strikeouts didn't get anybody on Barnes pitched two-thirds of an inning gave up one hit and had a strikeout and Alex Claudio he, he pitched his third he came in to, to finish it off and I mean just just 10 strikeouts for the team that's something to look at and four and five hits what more could you ask for if if we're giving up five hits, four runs a game, we're going to win most of our games with the, with the one through eight that we got on our side. Um, another highlight from last night, we lost Travis Shaw. I was going to have him on the chopping block today, but I can't do that to a guy who, who geez, after last night might need his hand chopped off. He, he was he was beamed in the second inning by uh, by Felix Pena in the right. It looked like it hit him in the wrist. They're putting him a day-to-day. It didn't look great. X-rays came back negative, however. His hand was shaking. They had to pull him off of first base and have Aaron Perez replace him for the rest of the game. We're all we're all open for the best for Travis Shaw. We know he he's been having a rough a rough start to the season. Um, uh, in his last seven games, he's batting 087, 
with, with two hits, 23 plate appearances. Not not too great, but I mean, this isn't going to help his cause either. So let's be patient with Travis Shaw and let's hope for the best for him. Felix Pena was all over the place last night. I, I believe he beamed Grandal, either Grandal or Gamble sometime later in the game. Really not. <laughs> he was all over the place, and that might have actually contributed to the Brewers kind of being a little stagnant at the plate. When you got a guy throwing all over the place and you're ducking and playing dodgeball at the plate, it's a, it's a little wild, and the, play, and the strike zone was a bigger strike zone last night. So, I mean, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't help the Brewers' cause at the plate last night, but it did help Brandon Woodruff at the mountain, I believe, that big strike zone that they had out there last night. And I think another highlight of last night was we really got to see Yasmani Grandal and his pitch framing. And if, if, if you're not too familiar with pitch pitch framing, last night would be a good example, the way that Grandal called the game back there and the way he was able to pull a lot of pitches back into that bigger zone. Because it was a bigger zone, you can kind of you can kind of see better. I think you can see Grandal in action, the way the way he was framing pitches and helping Woodruff get those those seven strikeouts last night. Um, I want to talk about the last seven games for a couple players, and one of those is Grandal at the plate. He's been he's been batting 500 in the last seven games, and he's he's 12 for his last 24. He was a guy I think a lot of people were concerned about because we hadn't seen a lot of him. If you didn't watch a lot of other teams play baseball last year and in the last few years we only really saw him in the National League Championship Series in games that he played against us and he was if, if we all remember right he was terrible offensively and defensively in, in the postseason last year I think he turned it up a little bit in the World Series he, I think he got a home run but we're seeing it happen now we're see, I think Grandal is going to be a big centerpiece hell I think he's going to be in 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 the running for an all-star game this year along with JT Real Muto from the Phillies and I talked to Seamus earlier about this too and he agreed I, if Grandal even comes close to keeping up this pace which I'm very confident he will we might see him in the all-star game this year like I said batting 500 12 hits in his last 24 he scored eight runs and four ribbies five strikeouts in those 24 not the greatest number but how Yasmani Grandal He's showing that he has patience at the plate, and he's showing that he has command at the plate, and Miller Park is a good place for him to play with his slugging. A guy that we've talked about a lot recently is Orlando Arcia. We've been, I've been seeing it on message boards, on Facebook, on Twitter, I mean everywhere for the last year about Orlando Arcia's offense. We saw him turn it on in the postseason at the end of the year last year, and hell, we didn't see it at the beginning of this year, but now we're seeing it in his last seven games. He's had 19 at-bats, 8 of those for hits, 5 runs scored, 3 ribbies, 3 walks, and 5 strikeouts. 421 batting average, and his on-base in the last 19 at-bats is around 500. Listen, he's showing that he has developed patience. He's showing that he has developed poise. He's showing that he knows what pitches he's susceptible to swing and miss at. He did swing and miss at one of those on a strikeout last night, but he did get a hit last night. He... He's, he's showing that he is developing. I'm not saying that he's going to be batting 300. I'm saying that we might see him bat in the 260s, 270s, which is a significant improvement from what we've seen last year. And 260, 270 will be enough to be an avid contributor to this lineup alongside his incredible defensive skills and his mastery of the defensive shifts that, that the Brewers use more than 
I think 26 to 27 other baseball teams in the majors. So he is a big contributor in, in every way. And if he can continue this pace of hitting, we will we will see more greatness to come. We, 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 go, we stay in L.A. when we move from Anaheim to L.A. this weekend with the Dodgers. We got a three-game set with them. They are sitting in eight and five as well. They are hitting better than any team in baseball. They have a guy who's hitting as good as any player in baseball in Cody Bellinger. And I'm, I'm going to give you a few of those Dodgers stats right now. This is what we're facing this weekend. The Dodgers are leading the National League in average at 281, at home runs with 26, RBIs at 85, runs scored at 89. On-base percentage at 383, slugging at 525, on-base plus slugging at 907, hits at the 124, and they've been walked more than anyone at 68. They are playing a game right now. I'm not looking at those stats right now. This is as of, I think, 4 o'clock in the morning. I took all these stats down. They're leading in everything. They're the hottest team in baseball. They're still losing some games, but they are the hottest team in baseball. It's going to be a tough test for Corbin Burns on Friday night. But it's an important test for him to go through. Corbin Burns has shown that he can gun guys down with his fastball, his four-seamer, and his breaking pitches. And he's shown that that he can... He showed in the postseason that he can handle it. But the Dodgers are better now. They have Corey Seager back. It's going to be a huge test for him. Now, Corbin Burns, first in his first start, he had 12 strikeouts. In his second, he had six. But he's also given up 11 runs in those two starts. So we may see more of the same on Friday night. We may see him gunning a lot of guys down, but we may see a lot of runs scored. We may see him get knocked out fairly early. That's to be expected. Don't don't put too much emphasis on this start for Corbin Burns. I mean, it's important to put emphasis on how he handles the pressure of the situation, but it's not so important, I think, to focus on the resulting numbers per se and, and earn runs and such because... This is an exception, not a rule in the Dodgers. They are not only the best team probably in the National League right now, but overall they probably are. So it's it's going to be a good, tough series to watch. And now I'm going to shift it over to Julio Urias, who is the the starter who's taken the hill on, on Friday night against Corbin Burns. I want to just focus, because we don't always get to look at a lot of players from around the league when, when we're when we're watching games and stuff, they, we only get like bits and pieces. So I'm going to give you a little background on, on how successful this kid has been for the Dodgers in his short time in the big leagues. He's 22 years old. Uh, that's the same age as Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta maybe a little younger, older by a few months. So that just will give you a scope as to, to where Urias is in his career in comparison with an, another starter such as Freddie Peralta. In 28 games in the big leagues, he's 5-4, and four, Urias is, with a 366 ERA in 113 innings, 111 strikeouts in those 113 innings, with a 142 with hitters in position. His average four seems a 95.1 miles per hour, which is two miles per hour greater than the league average, and he's 22. He's had a kind of a rocky start in his first two starts this year, Good, not rocky, really. No, actually, fairly well, and I, and we expect that to continue. Hopefully, the Brewers can knock that that ERA that he's got of three twelve up to like a four, a four after Friday. But this guy's someone to watch. 
he's a young kid and he's I think he's only his his trajectory is on the upward slope right now so keep an eye on Julio Urias I want to talk about one more Dodger just because I know we don't like the Dodgers but I like good players so I like to focus on good players Cody Bellinger since he's grown this facial hair he's leading the National League in home runs at 7 RBIs at 19 runs at 18 slugging 907 OPS at 1.391 that's on base plus slugging with 23 hits. He's leading in all those categories in the National League right now. He was good last year and now he grew a little fucking 5 o'clock shadow, a little stubble looking very handsome. Kind of more more gritty, more brawn, more, more, more manly. And he's only turned it on even more. Cody Ballinger, watch this guy in the series. Watch his plate appearances. Watch what he does because he is very similar in to Christian Yelich in that he knows his approach coming to the plate and he seems to be more in control than the pitchers that he's facing and it's really a sight to see similar to what we just saw with Mike Trout over the weekend with the Angels so I'm going to give give you one more one more little piece here I want to talk about the San Antonio Missions they're our AAA affiliate they replaced the uh, Colorado Sky Sox as our AAA affiliate this year right now they're sitting at 5-2 and two. They're in first place of the Pacific Coast League American Southern Division. Last night, they got a 6-5 win over the Memphis Redbirds, which is an affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. Any Anytime we can beat a Redbird, I'm happy. And actually, last night was the second night in a row that Mauricio Dubon, the shortstop, singled in the winning run in the bottom of the ninth inning. So, so game scoring run in the bottom of the ninth inning, two, two games in a row for our, our young shortstop, Mauricio Dubon. Jeremy Jeffress had his third relief appearance last night. He pitched an inning. Gave up a dinger. I know that they want to bring him up sooner. Give him time. Give him time. Jeremy Jeffress worries me. I know he's a rock-solid guy, but I do not want to see him come up here until he feels that he is 100% ready and as well as the ball club. Um, I want to talk about Zach Brown. He starts tonight. He's, he's pitched one game. He's got a 150 IRA in, in his one start. He gave up a run in six innings pitched. He's our top pitching prospect. He is a starter. He is a stud. I'm going to keep an eye on, on his start tonight and report back to you guys on that. I want to talk about uh, four players that we got down in San Antonio that we will see this year at some point. Mauricio Dubon, like I already mentioned. Shortstop in 27 at-bats so far this year. He's batting 296 with eight hits and three RBIs. Looking very good. Very hot. Third baseman Lucas Urseg. In 18 at-bats this year, he's batting 222 with four hits, five, five RBIs, and he had two home runs two nights ago in a game. Uh, Keston Hira, our second baseman, who I want to see come up sooner than later, and I think we will. 25 at-bats, 320 average, eight hits, five, five RBIs, and two dingers. This, is, this guy has been raking since last year in AAA. He's been raking since the Arizona Fall League, since he took the MVP there, and he's been continuing his dominance. This kid stays healthy. We see him sooner than later. And Adrian Hauser, two nights ago also in that same game that Urseg uh, hit those two home runs, Adrian Hauser started and he pitched six innings with no earned runs and six strikeouts. We're going to see him up soon, either in relief or starting. That's going to happen. And with that, I'm going to close the show today. So keep an eye on the series this weekend with the Dodgers. We're, we're going to have a show for you likely on Saturday, a full, a full show. I'd like to get to the Cuba deal. Um, on that show, I'd really like to get in depth with that and talk to Seamus about that for you guys so you can so you can really uh, so you can see what's going on there. I don't think a lot of people are talking about this this, this, this deal that Trump um, 
shut down in terms of Cuban, the Cuban Baseball Federation and their players coming to the United States. So it's something that we want to talk about and we'll, we'll be bringing to you very soon. We'll be talking this weekend. I want you guys to like, share, please comment. We want all the feedback that we can possibly get from you guys. Negative comments, positive comments, criticism, name calling, anything. We want to bring you the best, most in-depth, um, entertaining and humorous baseball brewers podcast out there and we want to grow this thing and we want you guys to be a part of it and i want your feedback so please any feedback that you can give us it would be greatly appreciated and we'll be talking to you this saturday thanks bye